And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 200 today, 200 episodes in the books. Um, Very exciting times in the league. I know we didn't do a week one recap or a week two preview last week. Had a lot going on, was finishing up with work, um, had some other personal stuff going on. But um, Thursday night, late at night, we are getting this um, week... We'll call it a week two recap with a week three preview, but I'm going to talk about each kind of team more more so as I'll talk about the games. I'll talk more about how each team's looked through their two games, what they need to improve on, what I think I've seen in the film, what they can do to get better, what they could need to worry about going forward. A lot to cover. Um, I'm by myself again today. Uh, hopefully get Tommy back on the podcast soon. Um he was not there in week two. I should have had him on after week one. But um, yeah, two weeks in the books. Season starting out well. Um, got a four undefeated teams, two teams in the middle, and then four winless teams. So um, over the next few weeks, the standings are definitely going to change a bunch. You're going to see a lot of the top teams playing each other, a lot of the bottom teams playing each other. Um, a lot of double headers are going to happen in the next couple weeks, and we're kind of going to see how everything shakes out. But um so far through two weeks, um, we've had a lot of fireworks in the league, a lot, a couple of last minute wins, um, a couple of last second losses, uh, teams blowing games, teams coming, making big comebacks. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to go down the standings one through 10. I'll talk about the team um, and how they've looked, who they've played, kind of what their results have been so far and kind of what I think about their team as of right now. We'll start from the top, start with the Panthers. The Panthers in week one, um, in week one, they played two games and they came out on top in both. In the first game of their week one, they beat the Bears 32, uh, 32 to six. Pretty dominant performance against the new quarterback and a lot and a couple of new guys playing league for the first time. I talked about the Panthers on the preview as one of the teams I thought was going to be amongst the league leaders again throughout the season. Hogreef has once again um, drafted a very good roster, a team that's played a lot with each other. Have four or five guys from that championship team last year. Add on Cyrus, so they got off to a good start with a thirty-two to six win. They followed it up with a 28, 28 to eighteen win against the Steelers, who was another new quarterback. So Ogrief gets two newbies out the gate in the generated schedule, gets two wins. Steelers game was a little closer than I thought we expected. The Steelers quarterback ends is I think he's a good quarterback. He just doesn't really move his feet too well right now. But um, talking about the Panthers, I think they played very well defensively. Um, Offense has obviously moved the ball. They're averaging over 30 points a game. Um, and in week one, they really took care of business, took care of two quarterbacks that they knew they uh, had the better quarterback in the matchup, and they had the better team in both matchups, I thought. Um, and they did what I think I predicted them to do, which was go 2-0 and and kind of put themselves on the map as we're, uh, once again, another team that's championship contender and isn't going to really struggle in a lot of games this year. In week two, they played against the Raiders, um, who gave them a much better game, led for a lot of this game, but it was the Panthers who ended up coming out on top, 35-28. to 28. Um, I called this one definitely one of the games of the week. I thought 
going into the matchup might be a little bit of a roster mismatch, but um, Jake Espo came out, played a really good game, used his athleticism to create time in the in the backfield like we see IB and other quarterbacks do. Um, and when you do when you do that, it becomes really hard to guard. Um, and it makes teams have to change what they're going to do defensively, and that can open up some stuff for you offensively. And I thought the Raiders did a really good job in this game, but the Panthers show that they're one of the better teams in the league. And um, they come out on top 35-28. They don't falter. I know Alex Verardi, their best player right now, is missing. Uh, is playing not every snap. He has a um, he has something on his on his. Uh, on his finger right now, a cast or something. So I know he's been playing through that, not trying to do too much D-line right now as he lets that rehab, but still played in this game some. An elite offensive player uh, had four or five touchdowns the first week in, in between the two games. Um, he's a guy that's going to be pushing for MVP, pushing for defense player of the year with the sacks lead. Um, and once he really gets going, gets healthy, they're going to be they're going to be able to jump their defense to even a different level than um, I think it's played so far. All right, the second team in the standings is the Detroit Lions, led by Anthony and Bimbo. In week one, they took care of the 0-3 now Saints um, with a score of 36-14. to Never really sweat in that game. IB's first game back. Um, kind of just, he didn't do anything crazy, but throws wrong point. Offense moved the ball well. They got a defensive score in this one, I'm pretty sure. And um, and then in week two, they beat the Steelers thirty four to thirteen. Once again, got another defensive score. Um, didn't think the offense moved as well as they did in week one. Um, I think I'd be still shaking off the rust a little bit. But they have a really talented team. Chris Johnson, a great number one for IB. The line, I think, is going to do a great job touching the ball a lot more this year. He had a very um. A very electric 20, 25-yard touchdown on a, a little dump off that he made four or five guys miss in the open field. Um, electric athlete, elite athlete. And I think that if he's touching the ball and Chris Johnson's getting the ball and IB runs the ball more, which he has not done through two weeks, um, this offense is going to get right back to the way that uh, IB offenses play. And the Detroit team, they have a lot of good flag pullers. A-Rod, Remy, DeLon. Um, Hassan Williams is uh, a late round pick that I think can make an impact for this team. Um, they've been they've been really cohesive offensive uh, defensively. They've only allowed twenty seven points through two games, like thirteen and a half average. Uh, they have played two of the winless teams in the league, but like the Panthers, um, they've taken care of business in both in all those games. So um, I don't. If you're barely winning those games, it may look different. But if you're taking care of business and winning by multiple scores. Um, it definitely isn't really a problem based on who you're playing. But a little preview to next week, the Lions do play the Panthers. So the number one and two teams in the standings will be facing off this week. Um, I like the Lions. I think they have a good defense. That's only going to get better as they continue to play together. A lot of these guys have played on IB-led teams together. So I think they kind of understand what um, they want to do offensively and how they want to play defensively. I know that IB-led teams are normally very well prepared, game plans every week, multiple defenses, calls the line. So um, he is very good at being captain. He's a very quarterback, and I think they'll get right back on track. I think the key for them is finding that second receiver on the outside. Um, A-Rod had a long touchdown in week two off the line. Um, he's been playing center for them. And I think as long as the offensive line holds up, They'll be just fine. Uh, Damian, 
uh, had a couple sacks in throughout the first couple games. Um, but their defense has done a really good job of pressuring the quarterback. The line is an absolute demon on defensive line, as per usual. He can get pressure almost any play he wants. Um, and if he's doing that in elite level, they're going to be a tough defense to score on. All right, the number three team in the standings after two weeks is the Dolphins. I think this is probably the quote-unquote surprise of the league so far, and that's mostly because we did not know about their quarterback, Matt DiGennaro, before uh, the season started. After two games, I can confidently say that Matt is going to be a good quarterback in the league. Um, He is able to evade the rush. He sees the field well. um, He throws a good ball, and through two weeks, he really hasn't uh, turned the ball over at all. He's taking care of it pretty well. He's run enough. Um, I think the offense can be a little more crisp. I feel like they could do a better job of just taking easy yards. They don't see a lot of screens out of their offense. Um, A lot of big plays. That's kind of how they score. Their defense is very loud. They have a lot of really good athletes. Pooh, Tymeer, Danino, um, the line of KT, Claude, and... um, Oh, geez. uh, Fuck, I forgot. Um... And they also have Guzman, who's been making a lot of plays for them in the secondary as well as that receiver. So this Dolphins team is pretty well complete. They have a lot of personalities on that team. They're a loud bunch. Um, Matt's going to have to just continue growing as a captain and making sure that he has that team under control. Knows uh, Everyone knows their role. Keep playing the way they're playing. And they got a big win against the Chiefs and Suroff, who was a finalist last year. Um, and they beat the Saints in week one. By, by multiple scores, beat the Chiefs 21-13. I think the big red flag for the Dolphins right now is that, yes, they did win that game 21-13, but they did not score in the second half. Um, the Chiefs' defense in the second ga- second half of a second game of a doubleheader um, played very well and shut them out. So uh, they got a pick six in this game, so the offense only scored 14 points, but I'm nitpicking at this point. The Dolphins are 2-0. They look really good. Matt looks like he's going to be a quarterback that as long as he wants to play in the league, he has a spot in the league as a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head who they play this week, but um, I imagine they probably have two decent opponents um, coming up. So very excited to see him and his continued growth in the league. The number four seed is the Colts, also 2-0, the last of the winless teams. Um, the standings go based on wins. Then uh, if you're tied with wins then and record, then it would go to uh, point differential, then points scored, then points allowed, and then it would be a coin flip for the playoffs. Um, Colts sit at 2-0. We beat the Raiders 22-7, and we beat the Broncos 33-26. to um, First week, we played without ace, so our defense is a little different. Uh, lost our center midway through the game. Thought we played well, very well defensively. Only let out one touchdown, which was on a not a broken play, but a bunch of missed flag pulls. So that was a good defensive performance. And then last week, up two scores most of the game. But if you watch Tommy Galante play at any point in this league, you know he's a guy that you have to play for a full forty minutes because he's gonna make you play the entire game and make you work uh, to hold lead and maintain a lead. Um, they did just that in this one. They ended up not getting the ball back, but um, after they didn't get the onside kick, they called the quote to maybe 20 seconds left. Uh, 33-26 final. We played with only seven guys, actually six of our own, and then one sub, and we were able to pull off the win. I'm excited to see if we have a full team this week, um, if we are able to see how well we can truly play with our full team there. I'd love to see our full team there this week, all linemen, all our Great flag pullers, I think we have with Mikey, Ace, myself. Um, Step has been emerged immediately as my number one receiver. 
Um, Tom Garvey, Billy Andrews doing a good job defensively as well as on the offense side of the ball. Um, yeah, I'm excited about my team. I don't want to. I don't want to boast them too much, but we've had two good wins. Um, I like the how we played defensively so far, which is the main key for me and my teams because I know we're going to score offensively. It just has the defense has to become sound. Um, I think with me, Mikey, and Ace, we won't have a problem with big plays off of missed flagpoles. So that's usually a key to sustaining good defense in the league. So as long as we create constant pressure on the quarterback, I think we'll be in good shape. Um, I think our key right now is just kind of seeing who's going to be that 8 to 10 sack guy who's going to cause pressure, finish plays with sacks, and force turnovers. All right, the number five team in the league as we get halfway through is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, led by Nick Serhoff, are 2-1 on the season. In week one, they beat the Broncos 35-34 in overtime um, on a uh, conversion to, I believe, Joe Juhas for the win. And in week two, they split their doubleheader in they split the doubleheader one and one. They beat the Bears 31-27 on the final play of the game, Nick Douglas 10-yard touchdown or six seven-yard touchdown. And then they lost to the Dolphins 21-13, which I mentioned earlier in the pod when talking about the Dolphins. Um I'm not gonna come out here and say that I think this is one of Suroff's strongest teams. I think Suroff's gonna have to really do a really good job of making sure that his team is really prepared each game this season. Game plans need to be strong and guys need to know their roles and know what they need to do and there can't be a lot of mental mistakes. I think they're a team that um, they're going to have to rely heavily on Dariel to be that number one guy. Douglas is going to have to see the ball more offensively than I think he's seen through the first three weeks. He's a guy that makes a lot of guys miss with the ball in his hands and as we can see, can go up, go up, get the ball and win the game for you. So I like the team that your protect your protection's fine uh, protecting Suroff, but um, I just want to. I don't think this is one of Suroff's stronger teams that he's had over the last couple seasons. Um, but I like what I've seen from some of the guys on their team. Joe Juhas has come out immediately as a late a late round pick. I think he was actually a last round pick, if I if I'm not mistaken, and he's immediately. Um, immediately showed that he's more than capable of being Suroff's number three receiver behind. Uh, Dins and Dariel. Ryan McGrain has also made some plays early on for this team. Uh, the line of Hunter Douglas and Randy Myers has been solid. So I don't hate the team. I just think it's a little bit lesser than what Suroff has drafted in the past. But if Suroff continues to do what he does as a captain, I'm not worried about this team not making at least a playoff run with a semifinals appearance more than likely for this squad. Um... I guess, uh, yeah, all right, that's all I got to say about them right now. They had a good win week one. They survived week two versus the Bears in a game. I think they trailed most of the game, but Saroff, one of those veterans in the league that finds just finds ways to win the regular season. Uh, and then they, they fall in that game to the Dolphins 21-13, but I'll say this, got off to a slow start after a, uh, after an emotional win. Then they locked down in the second half, don't allow the Dolphins to score any points. If it wasn't for the Saroff pick six, we might have been looking at a different ball game, uh, but Sarov did throw the pick six, threw another interception late, I believe, and they fall twenty one thirteen. Um, I'm not worried about this bunch. I think they'll be right in the playoff thick thick of things uh, for the remainder of the season. The number six team in our rankings is the Denver Broncos, led by Tommy Galante. Um, what do I have to say about this team? In week one, they lost in overtime, thirty five thirty four. And then this past week, they split their doubleheader. They beat the Saints 38-30 to in a game in which 
Um, a lot of fireworks, a lot of big plays from both sides. Mikey Giordano had an absolutely gigantic day um, in both games. He's had a big season so far through three weeks. He is the reigning sleeper of the uh, reigning sleeper of the year. Um, was drafted three or four rounds ahead of where he was drafted last season. I mentioned on the pod that may, the the preview pod that maybe I was a little too high. Well, I'll come out and say now that I was wrong about that. And Mikey is definitely a top four round caliber player in this league. Um, he was the number one receiver for Tommy all day in, in these two games and did a lot of work in game one as well. Liam did not play in week two, which was big because they missed two games. They were able to get a win. Um, they lose to the Colts 33-26 in another uh, electric game with a lot of big plays. What I think about this Broncos team is this. If they have a full team there, uh, then they're going to be a solid squad, but they haven't had their full team there yet. Um, they were missing some offensive linemen both weeks. Both us and them both played against each other with weaker offensive lines, so I'm not going to use that as an excuse for them for why they lost, but getting that first win in the doubleheader was huge. Um, they have a good defensive li- good line. They just didn't show up this week. I think with a, t- a full team there with Liam and Mikey and then Jake Hill, Will, DePhillips, and uh, Dane on the line with Suarez, a middle linebacker. They just got a lot of guys that I think are good players. Messiah Daniels looked like he'll be okay. Jabari Fennell played pretty well. Good flag puller. Um, they just, they, listen, they lost an overtime game by one point week one, and then you fall by one score week two, and then you also win a game in which you did lead most of the game, uh, led most of the game, led by two scores most of the game. And I think you'll be just fine. I'm not worried about a Tommy Galante team missing the playoffs. They're usually a team that, Scores a lot of points, but also gives up a lot of points throughout Tommy's time in uh, Bear Down. So uh, maybe his defense turns up a little bit for him and makes it a little bit easier on that offense and doesn't put them in shootouts every game. I think the key for Tommy's team is just playing better defense because you know that the, the offense is going to score points. All right, the seventh, the seventh team. Now we're into the four winless teams. The seventh seed currently is the Oakland Raiders, uh, led by Jake Esposito, 0-2. This is probably one of the teams that, from week one to week two, had the biggest improvement. In week one, they lost 22-7, to only scored one time offensively. Played pretty good defense in the second half after they figured out what their personnel was going to be. Um, and in week two, came out against the Panthers and... Really, really uh, punched them in the mouth and made them work for that win. They lost the game 35-28, to but um, we saw what the potential of the Raiders is offensively, and that is if Jake is making guys miss in the backfield, extending plays for six, seven, eight seconds, then this Raiders offense is going to be good. I want to see Jake run the ball even more than he ran the ball in this past week, and I think he did do a good job of designing runs as well as also just taking off when things broke down in front of him. Um, I think the supporting cast needs to do also need to do a better job at locking in defensively because you're going to be a team that some games the offense is going to hum and some games the offense is going to struggle. Defense needs to be there at all times. Uh, Latempa, Morick, and Rhett, you guys need to uh, get more, uh, produce more sacks, help out those DBs that are still getting their footing in the league. Uh, Alex Hines needs to be a guy who is a 30-35 catch guy the rest of the season. And leads that offense with Jake. I think Jake, I texted Jake after the games. I said, you need to pepper Hines with targets because he's your best athlete. He's your best receiver and he makes the most plays. So I think they now have the recipe for what they're going to have to do to be successful. We're just going to have to see if they execute it to the highest level. And I think that Jake is going to be capable as the season goes on to continue to do it at a high level. Um, But listen, I was very encouraged by how they played in week two. Um, it really showed that they 
took it serious. They talked throughout the week, and I saw them during halftime. Everyone was very locked into the, the, the game plan and the huddle and what they wanted to do in the second half. Obviously, they didn't come out on top as they're still without it for a win, but I do think that they're moving definitely in the right direction. The number eight seed is the Chicago Bears, led by Sal Vertrusa and quarterback Brandon Smith. Um, this is another team that I think really, really improved from week one to week two. In week one, they lose 32-6 to to a very experienced Panthers team. Probably a bad matchup to have in your first game in the league. Um, I think offense needed to figure out how the quarterback plays, needs to figure out how the line's going to block, who's going to be the main targets. And then in week two, they came out and there was definitely a game plan, um, a precise game plan. And Mark Kokoda started really eating on the uh, receiver. Brandon Smith, the quarterback, throws a very uh, fast ball, really gets it to his receivers, has a, has a strong arm, uh, doesn't really run very much, but he is sneakily elusive at making guys miss his flag in the backfield. He did take a lot of sacks in week one. I think he did a better job at not taking sacks in week two. Um, got the ball out faster. Mark had a lot of catches over the middle. A lot of outs, a lot of hitches, a lot of digs. Just easy stuff, easy yards. Um, he's their guy going forward for sure. I think the line did a much better job in week two uh, protecting him and giving him time to throw. And then defensively, I thought they were doing a really good job Throughout the entire game, Zay, Everett Corner with Emmerich and Joventi and Amir Mayer, who's a new guy to the league. I think he's going to be a pretty solid player. He was talking some shit on the Instagram uh, Instagram after the game. Um, he had a nice interception early in the day. I think the key for them is they just need to keep growing as a team and they need to uh, make sure they help out that quarterback by not dropping the ball. I know he throws it hard. I know he gets it out to you, but... Uh, it's gotta, it's the offense gotta be executing when the quarterback is making good plays. I think he's going to be just fine at quarterback. I just think that the team needs to get better defensively. They've given up 31 and 32 points through two games this season. And I think they need to step it up on that side more than they need to step it up on the offensive side of the ball. They did lose the second game of the season on a, uh, last play of the game touchdown by Douglas. So they were in position to win that game for a majority of the game, just weren't able to finish it up. The number nine team in the standings is the Pittsburgh Steelers, led by Jimmy Flott and quarterback Manny Cabasa. Um, <coughs> here's what I'm saying about this team. They have a good offensive line. They've probably played two of the best defensive lines in the league so far. Probably two of the better teams, if not the two best teams in the league so far. They are the two top teams in the standings. Um, their receivers are solid. They have a young a young kid, Gabe, Gabe uh, as well as Flott. And I know one of the Roman brothers wasn't there this week who usually plays who plays receiver for them. But they have a talented bunch. They got a, a bunch of guys who definitely know what they're doing out there. But right now, it seems like the quarterback is very um, content with sitting in the pocket a little too long, taking a little too long to get rid of the ball, taking a lot of sacks. Um, some plays, obviously, the ball is coming out fast or the D-line rush is getting there a little too fast for anything down the field to work. But I do think that... Um, the short stuff can work the entire game if you do it correctly. Um, I don't think they're discouraged with the 0-2 start. Obviously, that's not how you want to start the season, but I don't think that they don't think that they can make the playoffs. I think that the quarterback is actually good. I think I like Kabasa. He's a lefty. He throws a really nice ball. Um, I still I want to see him throw it down. I want to see the more throws down the field once we figure out how we're going to protect. Maybe get a fourth guy on the line and go with two receivers. Um, also think he needs to get accustomed to drawing up plays for linemen. I know Leota had a very nice catch on a fourth down leak out by him, but I just think that that incorporating that and incorporating running into your game is going to make you guys a better offense. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if he has any rushing attempts through two games, maybe one or two max, but um, very content with sitting in the pocket. A lot of take has taken a lot of sacks. Um, they're just a team that I need to see a little bit more out of defensively. I think they've done pretty well. They've gotten some stops on the season, just a lot of times on third and fourth and goal. They're just not able to get those stops and, um, they'll figure it out. I'm not worried about them, but they are, um, starting 0-2 definitely puts them in a little bit of hole. Nine game season, only seven games to go. Definitely need to start racking up a few wins here, uh, and get the, and get the ball rolling. But I do like their team because I think their quarterback is good. So um, I'm going to bet on them being a much comp- more competitive team. They've been competitive in both games, don't get me wrong. I just think they're going to start putting on some wins sooner or later. I don't see them finishing in the bottom two out of the playoffs. The 10 seed and the final team of the day talked about is the Saints, who are now sitting at 0-3 after three straight losses. They've lost to the Lions. They've lost to the Broncos and they have lost to the Dolphins. Two teams that are two and zero, and one team that is one and two. Um, they looked better in week two. They did week one. They only played with seven guys. They have not had a full team there yet. Uh, tough for a new quarterback in Zach Charay to step in and play quarterback and have to um, play with subs and not his full team and under pressure, under duress very quickly in a lot of these games. Tried to do a two man line at times, didn't work. Um, had a decent squad this past week. Dylan played for them against the Broncos, made a lot of big-time plays. Q Hunter had a lot of big-time plays in this game for the Saints as well. Just fell a little short, 38-30. to Um, I'm not out on the Saints yet, but I think Zach needs to do a better job at using his feet. I think he needs to do a better job at just letting his receivers do the work for him, not trying to push the ball down the field too much per se, and also needs to learn to step up in the pocket and run instead of retreating back and then putting himself in scramble mode immediately on some plays. So it's going to take a little maturation at quarterback for Zach, and it's also going to have to take this team buying into being a defensive-minded team that finds ways to score offensively through just having a lot of really good athletes. Because I do like this bunch. They have Zach, Bowling, Q, Dan Park, um, uh, Vretman, Jodell, Billy Waters, who has yet to show up, who I'd like to see show up this week, Billy, uh, Mark Nicholas. They have a good offensive line, hasn't fully been there yet. So I'm not out on them yet, but if they're a team like one of those teams that we always say had all the talent but just never showed up in full, um, and that's why you don't aren't able to compile wins because other teams are showing up with all 10 guys or all nine guys and most of their good players are there. So um, that's the first step, getting your team to the game. Then once we get the team to the game, we can finally see how – the personnel all works together. I think that also hurts the Saints because you've already lost three games trying to figure out where, where a lot of teams in these first two weeks have had their full teams, have figured out how they want each how they want their team to play, while the Saints haven't had their full team once. So they're still kind of figuring out like, all right, when we have our full team, we'll try all this stuff out. Um, can't try out stuff forever. Have to figure out how to get everyone there and figure out what's going to be the best way to move this team forward offensively and defensively to uh, maximize the potential of this team. Whew, 27 straight minutes talking about each team in the league. We're going to do a quick week three preview and head out of here. Keep it for 30, 35 minutes on the podcast. First game of the day, Dolphins versus the Bears. 2-0 Dolphins versus 0-2 Bears. Um, I have no idea who's showing up for each team. I'm going to take the Bears in an upset. Uh, they looked good last week. 
Dolphins left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth after uh, not scoring in the second half and kind of just holding on to beat the uh, Chiefs last week. Not not a bad win by any means, a good win against a good opponent, but I'm going to make some parity here. Uh, DiGennaro struggles a little bit. Uh, Dolphins struggle to score offensively. Bears win this one at 9 a.m. Uh, Bears first game of doubleheader with a little more urgency in my opinion. Other 9 o'clock games, the Raiders versus Saints. Um... This is a team. This is a battle of two teams that are winless. Uh, I talked the Raiders up highly as I think the team that made the biggest strides from week one to week two. I'm going to say the Raiders are a team that show up almost every week in full. So I'm going to take the Raiders to win this game at nine o'clock. The Saints have not shown me they can show up on time or show up and play well. So I'm going to take the Raiders to win this game at nine a.m. Um, Raiders also first game of a doubleheader. 10 o'clock games, Colts versus Bears. Colts playing for only game of the day. Bears playing second game of a doubleheader. Obviously, I'm going to take my team to win. I think with a full squad there for the first time, we're going to be able to move the ball offensively and play very good defense. Um, what I'll say is our keys to success to win this game is to limit uh, limit what the Bears do on the defensive line and make sure that we uh, get yards and take what the defense gives us, um, find the mismatches, and kind of just do what we do. Second game of the 10 o'clock slate is two teams that I have uh, playing at 9 a.m. One team a winner, one team a loser. Raiders versus Dolphins. I'm not going to say the Dolphins go 0-2. So I'm going to say the Dolphins pick up a win versus the Raiders in this one. Going to be a close-spirited game. We'll see who uh, has legs for that second game of a doubleheader. I think the key for this is going to be, do you have all 10 guys showing up? If you have all 10 guys showing up, then a doubleheader isn't as hard because you have three subs. You can get subs in and you can make sure that the important guys are on the field when it matters. But on on early downs, you can get your other guys in and mix it in and mix everyone in so that you're fresh for game two. I'm taking the Dolphins to win that game. So I have the Raiders going 1-1 and Dolphins going 1-1. First 11 o'clock game is the Broncos against the Steelers. Um, hmm. Hard for me to pick the Steelers right now. I know I said I thought they are going to finish better than they uh, do. This will be a game where I do think the offensive line will be able to hold up well and give Kabasa a little more time to throw. Um, hmm. Let's pick another upset. I'm going to take the Steelers to win in this game. I think the Broncos are favored in this one. I'm going to take the Steelers to win. I think the quarterback matchup is a little bit closer than we think. Tommy is still one of the top two, three quarterbacks in the league. I'm just going to say that Broncos defense isn't capable of getting enough stops. And I think the Steelers defense is capable of getting some stops. So I'm going to take the Steelers in an upset. Final game of the day, Panthers versus the Lions, a matchup of the one and the two seeds in the league currently through two weeks. Um, juggernaut matchup, two top quarterbacks, Hogreef and IB. Um, this is IB's, like, this would have to be IB's breakout game uh, or come comeback game, let's call it. Um, breakout in a big way after two slower starts. I know you scored five touchdowns in both games, um, but it hasn't felt, like you're truly back yet. So I want to see that IB that runs around, makes a lot of guys miss in the backfield. I think big game for DeLon. Could be a big game for CJ if he shows up on time. Um, interesting matchup between Verardi and IB. I think IB is going to have to do a good job at neutralizing how much of an impact Verardi is able to make. Going to be interesting to see where Verardi rushes, who he rushes on. If we get a DeLon versus Alex matchup, that could be a very intriguing matchup on the defensive and offensive line. I'm going to roll with the Lions in this one. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take Anthony and Bimbo to get the win. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback in the league outside of myself. <laughs> and um, I think he comes back, gets a big win against the Panthers, and reminds everybody who he is and why he's a three-time champion. 
Um, that does it for the podcast. Sorry if I felt like I rushed through the second half of it, but I am very tired and I'm going to sleep. It is now 12 o'clock uh, standard, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, a few of you, I believe, got the uh, trivia question right. So I will award you all with either a refund, if you, refund of $20 if you got it right and paid already or $20 off if you have not paid in full yet. Um, with that being said, thank you all for listening. Thank you for playing the league. I enjoy and appreciate all of you and see you on Sunday at Sarahville High School. Peace.